100. Download the Superbook mobile app today and get a $100 bonus added to your account. Experience the most extensive betting menu in Nevada and absolutely no fees. The only sports betting app you'll ever need includes some of the highest payouts and best odds in the state. The Superbook mobile app is available on Apple iOS and Android phones. Get in the game with the Superbook mobile app. Must be 21. Gambling problem? Call or text 1-800-522-4700. Hello, everybody. Brent Musburger here inviting you to the 2023 Las Vegas Bowl. This December 23rd, the Utah Utes will be taking on the Northwestern Wildcats in a winner-take-all battle for the most fabulous trophy in all of college football. Big hits, big plays. It all happens here at Allegiant Stadium. The SRS Distribution Las Vegas Bowl. Tickets are now on sale at LVBowl.com. It all happens here. Feel like a movie? There's no better place to go watch the newest releases than the Brendan Theaters at the Palms. 14 spacious auditoriums built for comfort with digital sound and one of the only true IMAX experiences in Las Vegas. I'll be back. Alrighty then. Experience the movies in style, comfort, and the best digital audio in the valley at the Brendan Theaters at the Palms. Located next to the food court. For showtimes, go to brendantheaters.com. The T.C. Martin Show, weekday afternoons at 2 on 1400 KSHP North Las Vegas. Online at KSHP.com. It is showtime, baby. Here we go. Live in the entertainment capital of the world. And you can see he's rising to the occasion. It's the T.C. Martin Show. Oh, awesome baby with a cap of the line. It's time to get your daily prescription from the doctor, T.C. Martin. This is your captain, baby. Hey, come with me. The doctor is now in. Hour number two here on this Wednesday as we uh, continue on here as we get ready for... A little NBA action here in Las Vegas starting tomorrow afternoon. You have the NBA in-season tournament coming your way. Game at 2 o'clock. Game at 5 o'clock. The teams involved here. We got the East final, I guess you might want to say, right? With uh, the Indiana Pacers taking on the Milwaukee Bucks. And then the nightcap tomorrow, or late afternoon cap. Let's put it like that, right? Where you've got the... uh, L.A. Lakers playing the New Orleans Pelicans. All right, so that, those are your two games at T-Mobile Arena. The winners will face off on uh, Saturday right here at T-Mobile Arena. Continuing on here on this uh, Wednesday, the T.C. Martin Show. And, of course, don't forget Friday, we'll be at the Westgate Las Vegas inside the world-famous Superbook. Handicap in week number 14 of the NFL. And, no college football this weekend, but I should say one game, but we will uh, not be handicapping best bets because we only have the one game. That's Army-Navy. Love the pageantry. So that game is coming your way on uh, Saturday. So we'll talk about that game as well. But there's, again, handicapping all of the NFL action. Week 14 action in another weird scenario taking place. We have two Monday night football games next week. We're in week 14. We have two Monday night football games. Oh, guess what? They're not staggered. They're both at the same time. One's going to be on ESPN and one is on ABC. It's, it's hard. It's hard to keep track. 
you know, what's going on. And just like with the NBA in-season tournament, a little hard to keep track where you want to find that game. Well, one game will be on ESPN, the earlier game. The second game will be on TNT. So you really got to need a map to navigate uh, everything here. All right. Uh, let's talk a little NBA, a little hoop with our good friend, Olden Polonese, who joins us now. OP, what is happening, my man? <laughs> All good here. How are you doing? Good, man. It's been a while. And uh, I appreciate you taking time uh, today out of your busy schedule, man, to talk a little hoop. Man, how, how you been? I'm great, man. I'm on this side of the dirt. I'm happy. Okay. <laughs> All right, man. So give me, before we start diving in and talking this NBA in-season tournament and these matchups, uh, what is your thought uh, about the incarnation, the first season of this uh, what does it seem like to you? Is it is it too gimmicky? Is it a good thing? Is it a bad thing? Give me the OP version. Uh, well, you know, everybody's going to have their opinion. But to me, I think Adam Silver and the NBA machine that it is are geniuses. Because you took meaningless games and turned them into something valuable. And so that's it in a nutshell. And you get sponsorship. You get new basketball courts. You get to... To, to sell new merchandise because, you know, they wear the different uniforms. It's, it was a brilliant move. I mean, it, it's very successful in Europe in soccer. So it was not like, you know, it hadn't been done before with success. It had been done with success. So the NBA just finally figured out a way to do it. Again, you got your Tuesday and Friday games, and I, it was genius. I love it. I mean, kudos to them. I agree, you know, that, uh, again, there in the beginning, it seemed a little gimmicky, but again, we, we got a little taste of that, obviously, with the, the WNBA and the NBA said, Hey, we really like to see what the WNBA ha- has been doing here with the commissioner's cup and making games relevant than kind of having this, you know, mid season, you know, championship. And, you know, we know firsthand here in Vegas that, you know, we got a chance to participate in two of those games and, and, and they were very, very, you know, I- exciting. So then when the NBA came up with it, you know, I, I think where it maybe turned, you know, some people off is like, like you said, you know, you want to get a little gimmicky with the courts and doing all that, that sort of thing. Uh, but it seemed like we always heard the term, well, this is going to help cure load management. Now you put this thing, you know, in play within you, you know, your first, you know, six or seven games that you're playing. Oh, well, this is, this is in, in season tournament game. And again, now like the WNBA, they're playing, you know, 10 games, uh, to determine who's in the finals. With this, it's, it's only four games. And then you go into, you know, basically a single elimination tournament and, and that sort of thing. So I think people are slowly but surely getting accustomed to it. Now we're, we're, you know, getting the so-called championship or whatever, but maybe, you know, not the teams that you would expect to be in it, you know? So without having, say, the Warriors or the Celtics or the Kings involved, do you think that hurts it a little bit? No, it doesn't. Because you got to remember, there's 30 teams in the NBA. And I think sometimes we focus on the Lakers, Warriors, Celtics, you know, teams like that. And that's where fans get turned off because they're like, I'm tired of seeing the same people all the time. It's like with anything else. Like when I watch TV... I don't want to see Kevin Hart anymore. I don't want to see Shaquille O'Neal anymore on my TV. <laughs> you know, we used to, when you listen to music, if they if they overplay a song, 
you get sick and tired of it. Yeah. To me, it's along the same lines. Mm-hmm. So give us some fresh faces. Not seeing a kid like Tyrese Halliburton playing so well, I mean, that's great for the league. Now you, his fan base is going to be like, oh, wow, I get to see my guy. So I don't think it's a bad thing having new faces and new people because you have to. I mean, this, this league is star-driven. Well, create some more stars. So you like those courts, OP? Is that what you're trying to tell me? I like, see, okay, remember, okay, you know who had those kind of courts first? The Brooklyn Nets. That's true. I like how Brooklyn, the, the Brooklyn Nets regular season court, if they had kept it along those lines, I think some of them were just too bodacious, you know, and it, it just threw me off because I was watching the Laker game with the black uniforms. It's hard to see the players sometime on the court. Right. <laughs> you know, when you're watching on TV. So I think, you know, they're probably going to have to tweak the courts a little bit. And I know it was a rush job, but I, I thought the concept within itself was great. Again, great idea. We're going to have new courts. Now you know it's an in-season tournament. You know, where, whether you know the days of the week or not, it's like whenever I see those courts, oh, it's a tournament game. It is true. <laughs> it is true. And I think, you know, you wonder, okay, well, why are they doing that? Again, it's just to, you know, create more interest and let people know, oh, this is a game. Because how are you going to know the difference between a a just a, a regular, you know, a season game on a Wednesday night compared to, you know, Thursday night? Oh, you know, we've got, uh, you know, an in-season game. These two teams are actually, you know, maybe, you know, playing for additional money or playing for a right to get to the tournament. So, you know, from that regard... I get it. It does make sense because I'm like you. I'm flipping the channels like, oh, in-season game. I guess maybe I should pay a little bit closer attention to it. Yeah. You know, I wanted to make a point here because you mentioned about load management. Mm-hmm. Like The NBA knows, you know, when they put that new – they sent out that memo to players, you know, you have to play, you know, a certain number of games to, to, be, to qualify for the MVP. You got to do this. They wanted to do a reset on the mentality of these players, you know, sitting out. Just like with the in-season tournament, it's it's part of that as well. And guys now, you've seen them. I'm watching Steph Curry jumping up and down the first game of the in-season tournament because they won. And it's like that was what it was meant to be, to give you more energy and more excitement. But at the same time, what these guys are finding out is, hey, not every little, you know, little thing that I have you know, should force me to sit out. So now these guys are starting to play through some of that stuff, and I think it's going to help them in the long run because what I always said about these players, the reason they are getting hurt was not about load management. It was the fact that they weren't playing enough games and letting their bodies get used to it. And that's the problem. Analytics cannot tell you any of this stuff. So all these guys with these jobs, analytics, oh, yeah, they need to load manage. It's a bunch of crap. The more you play, the more in shape you are, the better you can play and the longer you can play. Uh, no, uh, 100% agree with you on everything that uh, you just said. Olden Polonis uh, joins us, longtime uh, NBA veteran. Uh, love having OP on the show here. Now, when you... Talk about the in-season tournament. You're right because I, you know, you see Steph Curry jumping up and down. I watched a good portion of the Kings and the Warriors game there. Remember that game last week? 
And yeah. that, you know, that was exciting. Now, you know, you and I both know what, you know, Sacramento, you know, fans are. You know, I, I was in the building last year for that playoff series and it was electric. And really, there was no difference. It looked like, you know, I watched this game on TV last week, but it seemed like that electricity, you know, was, was definitely there. So, uh, and you saw, how serious Steph Curry was and those teams. And, you know, when Draymond Green gets, get, gets ejected, uh, you, you know, it's got to be a pretty important game. They're taking it pretty serious, right? Oh, definitely. And that's to the, to that point. Everybody, we've had more near fights during the end season term. Also understand this 500,000 is 500,000. <laughs> okay. Let's not be mistaken. <laughs> Each player receiving $500,000, trust me, I don't care how much money you make, it's it's a big deal. Yeah. And so a lot of guys really can use that money. And so they're going to, when they get out there, they're going to go all out. And so to me, again, it was just a genius move. How did you feel about the point differential situation here? Now, we use that game again as an example where the Warriors had to come in there and they had to win that game by 12 points to advance. The Warriors got up by 24 points, saw it dwindle to 17 at halftime, down to single digits in the fourth quarter, and then they end up losing the game by one anyway. So uh, that was crazy. But Every game that night when they had the eight games, you know, to determine who, you know, who was going to get into the, the tournament, you know, the single elimination, uh, knockout round, uh, a lot of players felt like oh, this feels weird. Like we don't want, you know, we're not used to having to run up the score or whatever. So as a former player and coach, how did you feel about that element? Is that something that is okay or does it need to be addressed going forward? Well, the league's going to address it. <laughs> You know, because you got to take the confusion out of it. I don't have a problem with a team running up a score. I'm a believer right. in beating the dog out of somebody. Okay? I am a big believer in that. Because if you don't want me to do that, play harder. Play better. Mm-hmm. So, to me, that doesn't bother me. I think it was the fact that it was confusing. And what people need to understand, the point differential was like the fifth or sixth tiebreaker. <laughs> so, to me... Again, if you go like the Lakers, 4-0, we ain't got to worry about a point differential. So that's why I'm saying just play harder, play better. I think where it got a little tricky was um, the Boston and Chicago game <laughs> where they were, like, doing the hack of drumming, you know, and everybody's like, why are they doing that? They up. Like, well, they need more points. Right. You know, they need a, the point. So I think that's where it was. But as far as, like, with Sacramento and the Warriors, we knew what the point differential was. We knew what they needed to advance you know so it's like with anything else do what you're supposed to do back to the load management thing so you know we didn't see that you know during for the most part you know during the in-season tournament game so okay mission accomplished there but do you think that this is gonna you know come back what we've seen the last couple years once we get say to the months of of january you got the all-star break in february and then you know maybe a little bit more of that say at the end of february beginning of march no i don't think so because again guys that are interested in making money you know whether it's through their contract and the clauses you know, first, second, and third team, you have to hit a certain marker now. And so to me, if you just want to play basketball, play basketball, fine. But if you want to, like, earn your money and everything, again, which is something I've always said, guys should be earning their money. You know, you should not be guaranteed. You know, players have that luxury. 
and I've said this even when I was playing. Okay, I was I was the proponent of one year deals for everybody. Every single year you renegotiate based on your performance the year before. That's always been my my stance because I think you cheat yourself, you cheat the game, you cheat the teams, you cheat everybody. You know because you're getting thirty million dollars a year and you're sitting out thirty forty games. That's absurd to me. So load management is going to be in the equation for the most part, but you know if guys want to hit certain markers, they better they better figure out a way to play more games. All right, so let's talk about the two games here that will be here in Las Vegas uh, starting tomorrow. We've got a 2 o'clock start with the Pacers and the Bucks. Give me some thoughts uh, about this uh, new-look Indiana Pacer team. Well, I love the fact that they average damn near 130 points a game. Mm-hmm. That's fun to watch. So you got two high-scoring offenses. Milwaukee scored 146 last night. So to me, it's going to be high-powered offense. And it's going to be like whoever whoever misses first <laughs> loses pretty much. But I'm excited to see Indiana play. And again, you're seeing them on a bigger scale. The whole rest of the league is shut down watching these four teams. And to me, again, that's why I say it, this is a great thing for the NBA. Now we're seeing a Tyrese Albert. We're seeing Obi Toppin playing, getting minutes now instead of you know getting the sporadic minutes in New York. And so. To me, it, you know, a, a guy like Bruce Brown, he's made a big difference, you know, leaving Denver, going to Indiana, you know, because he's bringing that pedigree with him. And so I like Indiana. I mean, not just for the end season. I like them for, you know, making the playoffs and everything. They are they are a solid squad. And then you have Milwaukee, who's a title contender. You know, they still got to figure out their defensive strategies. But, again, you know, you have – Dame Lillard now with them and Giannis, I mean they're they're a powerhouse, mm-hmm. you know. And on the flip side, I thought the that timeout call by Tom Washington, the referee, was all based on we need the Lakers in this foursome. <laughs> oh yeah, oh yeah, oh yeah. We needed a marquee team in this foursome, no matter what. So they got the Lakers in there, you know. But you know. I would have loved to see the Sacramento Kings versus the Lakers rather than Pelicans. Oh, I'm with you. I was a little, I was you know, a little surprised. I think that would have been yeah. a really – because that, that goes back to Shaq and Kobe days, you know, and Vlade and uh, Chris Webber. It goes back to those times. That would have been amazing to see that. But, you know, the Pelicans are a young up-and-coming team with a lot of talent. You know, if Zion can just stay somewhat slim – because that will help him stay healthy. If he can do that, they are a force to be reckoned with. Mm-hmm. You know, OP, you, you bring up the, the, the Pacers averaging 128 points per contest. And again, hey, uh, you're old enough like me where, you know, we remember those old days, whether it's the ABA or those, you know, George Gervin Iceman days where, you know, teams would, would, would score 125, 130, sometimes 140 on any given night. And then, you know, then we had, you know, the, the 80s and the early 90s where we saw games, you know, in the 80s, you know, sometimes we would see those Detroit Pistons teams even those Bulls teams, it'd be hard for them to to crack 90 or so. I mean, do do you think that we're seeing the scoring uprising because of the three-point shot? Is it pace, or is it simply that they're not playing any defense? No, they are playing defense. It's about pace more than anything else. 
less whistles, higher chances for scoring. And so that's all it is. These guys are really trying to play defense. But, again, players have gotten so much better. Their skill set is, is ridiculous now. And so to me, it's kind of funny. You know, it's like the old saying, the more you change, the more you stay the same. Mm-hmm. It's all, you know, and you pointed out, you know, the teams of the past, this was normal for them. And then NBA went through that stress of they couldn't score. Yeah. And now we've kind of like we've gone back to a high scoring offenses. And so to me, that's what it's supposed to be. You know, there has to be an evolution of the game. Mm-hmm. And again, I'm loving it. Now, I'm a defender. So, yeah, you know, I want to see a guy shut somebody down if they can. But at the same time, as a fan, I love what I'm seeing. <laughs> Let's go back, and you brought it up, the uh, controversy last night in the in the game, the quarterfinal game. The Lakers defeated the Phoenix Suns in the in-season tournament. Seven seconds left. Lakers have the ball. Uh, they've got themselves a, a one-point lead, and Phoenix traps. They get the turnover. Austin Reeves gets the ball. He loses the ball, and Phoenix ends up getting the ball. But LeBron James over in the corner while this scrum is going on, while the ball is loose, calling timeout, timeout, timeout. And then it's finally granted. And then they say, well, wait a minute. It's going to be Laker ball. Phoenix does not get the ball. Uh, Lakers end up making free throws and the game is over. A lot of controversy, especially now you're talking about advancing to the semifinals, that $500,000 that you're talking about, now taken out of the hands of these players on the Phoenix Suns. And the crew chief for the NBA officials, Josh Tivens, had this to say. said, during live play, the official felt that the Lakers still had possession of the ball when LeBron James requested the timeout. Through post-game video review in slow motion replay, we did see that Austin Reeves had his left hand on the ball while it's pinned against his left leg, which institutes control. What say you, OP? I, again, I told you they're geniuses. <laughs> <laughs> they can come up with that explanation. Yeah. It's genius. Oh, because God. everybody else, they're like, it's the old saying, who are you going to believe, me or your lying eyes? <laughs> and so to me, that's all it is. Come on now. You have to have complete control of the basketball. That's the rule. Not one hand on the side of the leg and all that stuff. Now they're just creating crap. And so to me, it was a bad call. But again, whatever happened to, um, you know, when there's a mistake out of bounds and all that stuff like that, we're going back. Did that change over the last couple of years? Because I don't see that anymore in the last two minutes. You know, it's supposed to be there. Yeah, it's supposed to be there. But they they pick and choose. Like, oh, wait a minute on a on a live ball or a timeout. Yeah, that's not challengeable. Like, what? What? I mean, this is a this is a game changer here. And again, this is the most challengeable thing. Thank you. Thank you. (laughs) Was this the right call? Because it was a timeout. When can you receive a timeout? You have to have possession. No question. So now, what would have been funny is like if. If Frank Vogel had called a timeout because he thought they had possession when um, uh, Grayson Allen was about to go out of bounds and called timeout, then they probably would have said, oh, no, the timeout was not granted. You know, they would have came up with a different scenario for that. So, like I said earlier, they needed 
the Lakers more than the Phoenix Suns mm. in in this thing, and it worked out great. And again, you know, I don't have a problem with it one way or another, you know. But it's like the problem that I have is that they create the, that whole two minute report. They need to throw that stuff out the window because right. that makes no sense to, to fans on the outside. All right. So Frank Vogel, the former coach of the Lakers last year, now the head coach of the Suns. And again, going against uh, his old team here, he was pretty fired up. Here's what Frank Vogel had to say after hearing that explanation and, you know, not being able, uh, you know, to, uh, to, to receive the ball with seven seconds to go and then followed up by Devin Booker, the star guard from the Suns. I mean, it's a loose ball, and, you know, the ball's out, and they call timeout on a loose ball. You can't call timeout on a loose ball. You get a quick two and foul. We can do that or, or trap, which was the plan, which worked. We got the trap. We got the turnover. The damn whistle blow. Like, I, it's just it's frustrating. The whole world's seen it. I just got off social media, and other players around the league seen it. So um, it is what it is. You know, refs miss calls sometimes, but... You know, when they're a bit that obvious, you know, it's tough. Olden, we will say this, that we would not hear that type of emotion, especially from a a coach or a star player, if this wasn't an in-season tournament game, right? This is just regular game in December. It's like, eh, you know, it is what it is. Let's move on. They put value on it. And it's it's a beautiful thing. They put value on a regular season game. And so to me, that's the beauty of it all. And they, he, you know, they're right. And by the way, to all those guys, if they, you know, if they still have some more stuff to say about the referees and all that, send the money my way, okay? <laughs> because it, it, it's never worked out for anybody criticizing referees. So, you know, at the end of the day, just let it be. Because, you know, and we don't know if Phoenix would have scored. We don't know any of that. But it would have been great to see what would happen if the right, play had been called right that's it you You just got to make the right call okay you're three guys out there and a replay official you just got to make the right call that's all you got yep you know all right who do you like pacers bucks uh pelicans lakers who are you taking in these games tomorrow night here in vegas it's gonna end up being the lakers and the milwaukee bucks in the finals and I I got the Milwaukee Bucks winning the inaugural in-season tournament. <laughs> what do you think of this Lakers team, man? Because, again, they've been, you know, haven't lived up, uh, you know, to the billing the last couple seasons. We see them at 13-9 and nine right now. What are your thoughts about this Laker team? I mean, it's, it's, it's the Lakers are Anthony Davis, <laughs> you know. That's, cra- that's crazy to say, isn't it, right? Yeah, it's very sporadic. The team has taken on the Anthony Davis persona, up and down, up and down, and it's crazy. Like last night's game is a perfect example. I'm like, the Phoenix Suns played about as bad as you can play a first half of basketball, and yet it was only ten points. It was only ten points, and to me, that should have been troubling for the Lakers. You know, and yeah, and. If this had been in Phoenix, they would have lost. They they would have lost. But since they at home court, I think, and that call, so that's neither here nor there. But, you know, they just, they are so up and down right now, and I still think they need a little bit more. You cannot have a star player like Anthony Davis 
you know, scoring 31 night and 10 the next. I told somebody the other day, if you want to make some money, just go against whatever Anthony Davis did the day before. <laughs> you will always score. You will always win. Yeah. If he scored 30, take the under. If he, if he had 15, take the over. <laughs> You know, we did this entire segment in talking about all these teams in the in-season tournament, but we didn't talk about the defending champs once because they're 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 not in it. You know, they didn't get in. Uh, what are your thoughts about the Nuggets right now? Nuggets, I ain't worried about that. They're trying to get healthy. You know, Jamal Murray. You know, is, that's tough. You know, not having one of the best point guards. That's tough. And so, to me, I thought you know, even when they lost Bruce Brown. And Jeff Greeno, I, I I was like, okay, they can still overcome it because they got some young, young players that are really good. I like Peyton Watson. I like Christian Braun. And so to me, you know, it's a matter of when does Jamal Murray get back healthy. And so Joker's still doing Joker things. <laughs> so this dude is first in everything. I oh no, he's second in assists, total total assists. But he's. He's incredible. So they're not worried about the end season tournament. Yeah, again, the, go back to the five hundred thousand dollars. Some of those players would have loved to get that money. But Mike Mike Malone, Michael Malone is concerned about April, May, and June. That's all they're concerned about. And that's how it's supposed to be. All right, final thing, Professor Polonese. Uh, give me your uh, first quarter grade on the Chris Paul experiment with the Warriors. Oh, wow. Great question. Um, tough. You know, I think he slows the Warriors down, the style of play that the Warriors run. You know, it's all a lot of, about a lot of movement. And a couple of times I've seen it in their faces, like, oh, I needed the ball right here. Yeah. But Chris is holding on. Chris is protective of his assist-to-turnover ratio. And when he got traded to them, I was like, ooh, that's going to be a problem. You know, all those guys, like, heaving up half-court shots at the end, at the buzzer. Not Chris. <laughs> he's not messing with his average. <laughs> so, yeah, he's so going to dribble things. it out. He's going to dribble out the, the, the last 1.2. Yeah, he dribbles it out. But the Warriors like putting it up. Yeah. You yeah. know, hey, it could go in. We believe in our shooting. And so, to me, those are the things that's really going to mess with them. And when they try to play Chris and and Steph together, they're just too small. They're already small. Now you've gotten smaller. That it's not going to work. Okay. They got to make a trade. They need a big body somewhere. They got to find a big body that can come in and rebound and block shots. And that was the reason for the demise last year. I mean, they got past Sacramento, but couldn't get by the Lakers, and they struggled with the size. Yeah, long athletic teams are going to give the Warriors a bunch of headaches. You got it. Brother, appreciate it, man. Great talking with you. Uh, when you get into Vegas here, man, so we can uh, we get you live in studio or get you on location again. Uh, sooner than later, I hope. <laughs> All right, brother. Well, you you reach out and tell me when you're here, like I said, because we got some. Oh, actually, uh, Super Bowl. Okay, cool. There you go. I forgot. Super Bowl, yeah. All right. We got some wine and dining to do, man. So, you know, All right. that. I got you. Okay. All right, brother. Be good. Appreciate, Appreciate you. you. All right. All right. Olden Polonese, one of my favorites. OP, former Sacramento King, Virginia Cavalier back in the day. And uh, uh, always great breaking it down, uh, the NBA or college basketball from a man, Olden Polonese. All right. We come back. Chris Matthews from News 8 joins us. Hey, this is Robert De Niro, and you're listening to the T.C. Martin Show. It's good. 
All right, continuing on here on this uh, Wednesday, and again, kind of a somewhat somber uh, Wednesday. Again, starting off the show today, you know, talking a lot about the uh, UNLV uh, situation, and we told you we would continue to update everyone uh, on that. Uh, Again, as we uh, talked about and reported earlier, at 11.45 a.m. today, there was an active shooter on campus at UNLV, uh, and uh, what ended up to be a, a mass shooting the uh, shooter is deceased. Uh, the report, latest reports now that we are getting that uh, we have uh, three that are are dead, others that uh, are injured. So the story is continuing uh, to develop. Uh, and again, a uh, very sad day. This has turned into a, a national story. And I think when everyone woke up this morning, they never anticipated that we would be talking about this today, especially on our college campus here at uh, UNLV. So, uh, Again, uh, we'll continue to have uh, coverage, continue watching uh, our good friends over there at uh, News 8 who have the, uh, the the coverage on the television side as well. And speaking of which, uh, our good friend Chris Matthews. Uh, always enjoy seeing Chris at uh, all of the events, no matter what it is. And I got a chance to see Chris uh, over, over the weekend with the Raiders as well as the uh, Pac-12 championship game. Chris, good to see you, but what a what, what a sad day it is. And I can imagine uh, what it's like uh, over at the station for you today. Yeah, it's been uh, it's been wild, and and all all the TV stations here in town, of course, wall to wall coverage, and this is when you know sports, it, you know, is meaningless. And that, of course, you've heard by now, and you probably talked about it. They canceled the game with the Running Rebels in Dayton, Ohio. They were going to play the Flyers tonight on uh, CBS, but that was canceled, um, which is the right thing to do. And the president came out and says anything. You know, the president of Dayton came out and says anything we can do to support UNLV its program and anything that we can do, um, they're going to do. So I thought that was very classy of the school president there. And, and it was the right thing to do to cancel the game and, and uh, just, you know, tr- trying to, trying to just put pieces together. Kevin e. Martin, who worked in our sports office was a, uh, professor over there she is teaching the students the uh, journalism students and and kind of runs their rebel uh, tv shows and helps the kids learn how to you know learn how to write and uh, put stories together and, and just you know, all the journalistic things and then she uh, talked about how terrifying it was how they got under their desks and and uh, ever you know they were just terrified tears crying what do we do they were able to get out, get in her car, and take off. I don't know how many students it was, but there was that, that's kind of what uh, she had had relayed on to the Associated Press. I haven't talked to her yet, but uh, I just can't even imagine uh, the terror that must go through students when they, first of all, when they get a, a you know a, 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 an alert on their phone saying this is this is real, and then what's the next step? What do you do? Do you run out? Do you hide? Do you, do you go somewhere else? I mean. I, it's it's. I was even thinking driving in today, just how how sad it's become. Where back in my day, and probably TC your day too, going to school, that would have been the furthest, furthest thing from our minds that there would be some danger at high school. Or, or I went to the University of Utah on the university campus. That would have been just the the the. We couldn't fathom that kind of that kind of an event, that kind of thing happening, and so, you know, my hearts go out to those families, of course, and what you're you're talking about. That's kind of last I hear too. That, you know, three DCs, possibly more. 
Um, just unbelievable day here in Las Vegas. And you harken back six years ago when, when of course, the Route 66 is shooting and that mass shooting. And, it, you know, it just it, I, for some, it, this is where sports is really meaningless. You know, you can't even talk about sports, and we won't have sports today. Um, even though the big NBA in-season tournament's going on here and you got the four teams, I can't even imagine what those players are, are thinking now. It's almost like, how oh, do we want to go out and play a game tomorrow? It's just it's one of those things where, you know, you have to move on and you have to go and, I haven't heard whether or not the, the Golden Knights, uh, you know, in St. Louis tonight. I, I assume that game's still going on, but but everybody associated with with Las Vegas, the sports teams, and and like I said, UNLV, and, and it just I don't know. It's it's kind of hard to put into words what something like like this means when when you know when we talk and when we live kind of in that sports world, DC. So it's kind of it's just it's foreign to us, obviously, and and we hate to even talk about it. Yeah, and you're right. Um... You, like myself, uh, have lived in this town for a long, long time. And like you said, no, we, whether, you know, going back in the day, like you mentioned, when going to school, we never think about that. But, you know, to the UNLV aspect and connecting it all, Chris, you know, we, we spent a lot of time, you know, on that campus and sure, a lot of times at the Thomas and Mack Center. But, you know, I don't know about yourself, but, you know, my daughter graduated from UNLV and I, I know that campus very well and I know exactly where the shooting took place. And, and she even had classes in, in, in that building. Uh, I'm, I'm just curious, you know, when you heard about this news today, I mean, how close to home did it hit you personally? And, and, and what was that reaction like? Because I'm sure it was just like mine. It was like total shock. Cause like I said, we would ne- even though we've heard of school shootings, you know, either the collegiate level, the elementary school level, high, we, we've heard a lot, but to hear it in your hometown, just miles away from your campus and a campus that we frequent very often was just alarming to me. Oh, yeah. And, and like you say, I mean, it, it does hit home because my daughter got her master's degree at UNLV. And, and so she spent a lot of time on campus and, and she's, you know, she's been to those, those same rooms right there in that, in that area, um, walk those same halls. And, and like you say, we've been on that campus so many times, countless times, walking around, enjoying the people, the laughter, the fun, the student union building, everybody having a great time. So to hear this kind of stuff, it's, it's just sickening, really, when, when, when students have to live in fear like that and, 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 and button down and just, you know, hide and get under desks and be ushered out one at a time and get on buses and be escorted off the campus. And, you know, I'm probably like you. I heard about it this morning, you know, on the, on the, on the news station when you're watching news and also, wow, what's going on? Then you start, you know, delving into it. And, and then, you know, you, you now, now you're, then you kind of wonder, you know, who's safe, who's not, or, or, or you know, is the football team? As, and then you kind of start thinking, are, are they safe? You know, cause I, I saw a tweet where the UNLV hockey team, they tweeted out, all of us are safe and no one hurt. You don't want anybody to be hurt, but you always kind of, it kind of comes to that, you know, where you start thinking about different people, different things and, and who could have been involved. And I, it's just, it's hard to even wrap your head around something like that, that, uh, that you cannot go onto a campus now without kind of looking over your shoulder and boy, is today going to be the day. Now picture all these students when they go back to school, you know, next week or the week after, and some will, you know, require counseling and, and seek out counseling. And it's, it, do, you, do you always, I've never been through that. Now, do you always look over your shoulder? Are you always kind of leery to, to walk around campus at night with your friends now? Who, who knows? It's just one of those things that we should never have to deal with, but in the reality is in today's world, we do. Yeah, well put. Chris Matthews joins us from News 8, uh, talking about the very unfortunate situation that occurred on the campus of UNLV today, a mass shooting. Uh, 
shooter gunned down. At least three people are dead uh, right now. Others are injured. So this is a developing story. Uh, they have uh, basically evacuated uh, the students and the faculty uh, and shelter them, I should say, uh, on, on the campus right now. Uh, next news conference will be coming up at 5 p.m. I'm sure, uh, Chris, uh, you know, you guys will obviously have coverage of that, but anything else that, that you have heard around the station today or anything else that you've heard from Metro that you can add? The only thing I can add that's certainly not confirmed from our desk and different people is that, uh, possibly more deaths in this shooting, that they went from, you know, one floor to the next to the next to the next and just work their way up and and that's that's kind of all I know and and so we're we're probably like waiting for that five o'clock press conference like everybody else and and we'll see what happens and just you know prayers out to those families and those loved ones who were certainly affected and and, and the tragic loss in those families it's just unbelievable yeah a very 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 sad day. All right, my friend, uh, the Raiders have uh, issued a statement. Uh, it reads as follows. The Las Vegas Raiders are deeply saddened by the tragic events that occurred at UNLV today. Our hearts go out to the victims, their families, and all those affected by the senseless act of violence. We are committed to helping our friends at UNLV and the greater Las Vegas community heal and are grateful for the efforts of our first uh, responders. And uh, we can say that too, uh, Chris, that uh, the way that the uh, campus police on UNLV handled the situation along with Metro, uh, like you, and you mentioned, you know, those alerts went out to the students, uh, you know, probably fortunate that, uh, that more weren't wounded in this situation. Yeah, and like you were saying, from what I've heard, the uh, from the different students on our station, anyway, I was watching Channel Eight here. Is a lot of those students praised the uh, campus police, and of course Metro as they came in, and I, I guess they just did a fantastic job in doing all they can under their jurisdiction to to help these students, to protect these students, to keep them safe, and and so I mean, hats off. This town, I was talking to somebody yesterday at that uh, Super Bowl function that we went to with Roger Goodell, and uh, I was just saying, um, and he was, he used to, he used to, uh, be an official over at the MGM and a big shot over there, a great guy. And we were just talking about how this city, even though it's a city of 2.5 million, that how we rally around one another. I got your back and you got my back. And, and we care about what goes on in this city so deeply that, that things like this really do hit off because so many people uh, on that UNLV campus either have children or friends or relatives. Um, some, someone they know probably has either graduated from there, attended school there, maybe taught there, but, uh, or, you know, attended ball games there. It's, it's just part of this community. So when something like this happens, it, it affects each and every one of us here in this Valley. And, and it's a big city, but it's a small town. We each, you know, have each other's back really. Yep. No question about that. All right, Chris, um, I do want to, uh, you know, touch on, um, some sports, uh, with you, especially here talking about UNLV. You mentioned the Rebels will not play their game. They're on the road, uh, in Dayton. Uh, so that game, uh, uh, I don't know if you've heard it, whether it's going to be postponed or canceled. I guess we'll have to, to wait and see. But, you know, the Rebels basically made that cross country trip, you know, solely to play that game. Remember that Dayton played here last year. So it was kind of, right. kind of, kind of a one off here, uh, with that. So. Uh, we'll have to see uh, what transpires there, but you know. What... And I was wondering, you know, you, when you think about that, that Dayton game, and then they have the uh, the game here at the Dollar Loan Center on the ninth, two so games, just three days away. So I don't know if, you know, I don't know if they could make that up and then come back and play, or or are they going to play the game uh, at the Dollar Loan Center this weekend? It just you kind of wonder. Well, well, maybe they'll play it kind of in honor. I, I don't know what they'll do, but it's it's it, boy, there's a lot of question marks really surrounding that basketball program, and what what are they going to do over the next week? Let's say. All right. 
You know, as far as the football team goes, uh, even though they lost their last two games, they had a fantastic uh, season, great fan support. Uh, you know, seeing that uh, your Rebel fans come, coming out and, and basically had 30,000 fans at that uh, game on, on Saturday at 12 noon. Uh, Rebels lose the game to Boise State, but they get the bowl invitation and they're going to play Canvas in the Guaranteed Rate Bowl in, in Phoenix. I, I would imagine you're going to have some coverage and maybe make that trip out to Phoenix yourself. But what are your thoughts? Uh, just, uh, you know, overall with the season, uh, with Barry Odom and, and going to a bowl game against a very, uh, good team in Kansas and facing a power five team. Yeah, formidable opponent indeed. I mean, I think I was looking through all the, the mid major kind of bowls where the mid major teams are playing. I think I, I correct me if I'm wrong, but I think UNLV is only one of two, uh, teams in these minor bowls that are actually playing a power five. I think the other one would be uh, Boise UCLA right. and then UNLV Kansas. So I think that's pretty cool that, that to kind of end the season, they get kind of one more big test. Now I know the sports books have Kansas favored by 11 to 12 points. So they're a big favorite in this game and UNLV the big underdog, but you know what? It's an opportunity. One more chance to kind of go out there. Well, first of all, it's a chance to, to continue to practice, continue to incorporate Barry Odom's, you know, schemes and plans and, and just that, that got that extra week of practice has got to be big for him, you know, or not extra week, couple of weeks here because the game's on the 26th. So they get that extra time to, to practice and, and, and bond and be together and, and w- work on their plans and work with the coaches and the schemes and all that. So that's kind of cool. But, uh, I like that opponent. I think even that's top and, you know, Barry will have his guys ready, no doubt about it. And it's cool that you know it's also neat to CTC is is these athletes that are getting some national praise in uh, you know Mayaba and uh, Ricky White and and these these and Barry Barry Odom national uh, finalist for for the Eddie Robinson War. So it's just kind of cool to see what he's done in just such a short amount of time, which is for all these football fans that you've been around and I've been around, it has been slim pickings for years and years. In fact, I always said the football program was snake bit because they couldn't even luck into a good year. But here we are 10 years after their, their last bowl appearance and they're, they're heading to Phoenix for a, a game against Kansas. So that's kind of cool. It is an amazing turnaround, and and I have you know used the term that this this program has been dormant for so long, and and really you you hate to say it, but it's the facts and the the truth it is probably it was it has been one of the worst programs from a record perspective and just uh, everything for the better part of of the last twenty years, and f- so for him to come in. And do what he's done in, in, in not a one or a two year, you know, a turnaround, but just immediately, Chris, what he has done. Now, granted, uh, the, the schedule wasn't the toughest. They, they didn't play Boise State and San Diego State and Utah State during the course of the regular season, but you can only face the teams that are on your schedule. And, you know, they gave a pretty good account of themselves against Michigan. You know, hey, they covered the the, the, the spread. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And and Michigan could be the eventual national champion. You could say, oh well, we lost the eventual national champion, or you know, currently number one ranked uh, as a stand. But you know, even if they do lose this game against Kansas, it is a successful season for UNLV. Oh. And really, there is no reason for this to to parlay into success next year and the year after if Barry Odom stays here, which it sounds like he will. I would think that is so true when you think of what he's done and now 
you know, you got the transfer portal and you got NIL money. You can, you know, you can lure people and some of these athletes to, st- you know, to stay right here in Las Vegas. Don't leave. Don't, you know, we got something good going here. You might get a little bit more there. We'll make it up to you on the back end here. I just, it's, I, I can't even imagine. You almost need a financial advisor anymore. Like Barry needs somebody to kind of be next to him to say, okay, how much NIL money can we, can we afford this guy and that guy? Can we do this guy? It just, it's, it's crazy how well that's changed, but what it's done, it's allowed a school like UNLV and a coach like Barry Odom to come in here and, and make a, a quick difference. I mean, Ricky White, Michigan State to UNLV, and this guy's one of the yeah. top receivers in the country. But picture back in the day, that would have never happened with without that transfer portal and the guys leaving and moving around. So you got to juggle things and, and work things out differently than, say, 10, 15 years ago. But for I think for UNLV, it's pretty cool. Here's another thought I was thinking that with that uh, that the expanded playoff next year where you have 12 teams, they're going to be in. And, I, and correct me if I'm wrong, but I think – uh, a, a group of five team, the best group of five yes. team in the mid-major is guaranteed yes. one of those 12 spots. Correct. So, yeah. I mean, you have a couple of good years. You know, Barry parlays this into a 10-win maybe next year and a 10-win the following, and who knows, he goes unbeaten in his fourth, fifth year. He might, he might you, you would actually have a chance to be in that playoff, and who knows what happens then. Speaking of Ricky White, how about this? Uh, Would you ever consider this, we'd be saying this, a major upgrade to go from Michigan State to UNLV? It's true, (laughs) right? I mean, they were so much better than Michigan State this year. They were horrible. That's crazy. Yeah, when you think about that, it it is uh, pretty funny. Good for Ricky White, though, because I guess, you know, there was some what speculate. There was some hesitation on whether he wants to go to UNLV, and he talked to his dad. And, I'm going to do it, and his dad said, "Okay, I'll support you 100." What a great decision he's made, and what a phenomenal athlete. I mean, there's a couple of guys for the first time in a long time. There's a couple of players on this UNLV roster that will be playing on Sunday. Pisano, the kicker. I can imagine he's not going to be uh, playing on Sunday at some point. Ricky White. Uh, who knows how you know if Myaba continues to improve and grow, and there's some players there that you say, hmm. It could get back to those John Robinson days where you had, you know, one, two players drafted, one, two players pick, one or two players kind of sticks on a on a, a practice roster in the NFL and a couple plays. So I can't even remember that. Was it uh, who was the last one? Maybe Eric Wright, the the, the cornerback, wow. the last I NFL that, player. I can't even prob- remember. That's probably right. Yeah, you know. Um. Yeah. Well, I guess you you could say the former quarterback has made it. You know that was that was here with um, uh, you know, a couple of years ago. Remember, uh, he he made it as a tight end and a special team. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Um, and, and of I course, I, I'm draw, and I'm drawing a blank as well too. I just yeah, <laughs> but uh, yeah. Uh, hey, we hey, we know who we're talking about. Of course we do. Yeah, <laughs> uh, and everyone else is saying, "What about you, idiots over there that don't know that? What are you talking about? People are in the car right now saying, don't you? Yeah. Yeah, no, that's exactly what they're right. saying. Those idiots." Yeah. This is who it is. That's funny. Numchuck, you edit this part out for the podcast section. Okay, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> two quick takes before I let you go, Chris, and we sign off here. Uh, Raiders-Vikings Sunday. Raiders going to play two games in four days. Uh, Chargers on, on Thursday coming off the bye week. What do you think we're going to see on Sunday? Here's what I hope we see. I, I, well, first of all, I hope – I'm kind of torn because I want Max Crosby to be healthy. But he wants to play so badly, as you saw in that last game, had his big knee all wrapped up in the hospital the night before infection. You want him to be healthy. I know he wants to play regardless, but uh, I don't know if it would be wise if he's not 100% to go out there. I mean, is is an 80% Max Crosby, 
you know, better than what they got. I don't know, but I, I just hope he heals up and makes the right decision for himself and his health. And hope, and obviously the Raiders will do what's right for his health. But I hope the defense continues to hold. But what I'd really love to see is finally maybe a breakout game by Devontae Adams where, he, you know, hey, he got a couple touchdowns. He, you know, had 150 yards or something. It's just that offense has been so puzzling that I don't think anybody can put their finger on what has actually transpired this season because everybody goes into the year saying, man, this offense is going to be tough if the defense can just, you know, hang and maybe improve a little bit. The, the Raiders will be awesome. Well, this defense has improved, but the offense has just slid backwards, which is so puzzling. I don't understand it. Mm, it's tough. We'll have to see, uh, you know, what the Raiders do coming off the bye week, uh, taking on the Minnesota Vikings. Aiden O'Connell back at quarterback, we presume, right, uh, on Sunday against Joshua Dobbs, who really hasn't been much of a, a bargain for Minnesota in the last few weeks as well. So uh, we could have a low-scoring game, Chris. That's what we could have. That's what I expect on Sunday. I, yeah, could you imagine if it's a game like what were the, the Chargers last week where it was a 6 nothing game? <laughs> I can't uh, even imagine. No. I can't even imagine a 6-0 game in the NFL, but uh, I don't know. If that's the case, you and I will be uh, at the food line a majority of the game. That's where you and I will be. <laughs> but that's where we're that at anyway. That is the truth. You know, right? That's a fact. <laughs> My friend, I appreciate you spending some time today. And in all seriousness, uh, you know, give us, giving us uh, your your thoughts regarding the UNLV situation. Uh, continue to watch, uh, you know, News Eight as their uh, continuing coverage is happening. And remember, uh, the next press conference uh, held by the Las Vegas Metro Police Department will be happening at 5 o'clock. Uh, Chris, uh, take care of yourself, my friend. Uh, you know, better days uh, for everyone here in the community. Our, our thoughts and prayers are out with everyone around the campus of UNLV that's associated with them. And I know you guys will be on the coverage uh, constantly. And I'll look forward to seeing you this weekend. All right. Thank you very much, TC. I certainly appreciate it. Once again, God bless. And, and we'll talk to you. You got it. There it is, Chris Matthews over at News 8. I want to thank Trevor Match uh, for joining us uh, today. Uh, you know, talking about college football playoff, transfer portal, and more. Yes, uh, we did uh, sports on the show today, but uh, we wanted to open the show in that first segment talking about the tragedy that happened on the campus at UNLV today and close with that uh, as well. Again, um, the mass shooting, The we don't want to report any false numbers, just there are definitely rumors and things out there, but what we know right now confirmed three dead, others injured, the shooter, Deceased. He was. He was. He is. He. He. He died immediately. Uh, a fantastic job done by Metro and the um, police on campus at, at UNLV. And uh, you know, for the most part, uh, we uh, hope that, that students and faculty uh, uh, are safe. This could have been a, a lot worse, but uh, still tragic day today. This has turned into a national uh, story as well. But this has hit uh, very close to home here to our community here in Las Vegas, Nevada, and especially a campus that uh, that we know and we frequent. Uh, it is uh, right in the center of our city at UNLV. So we'll continue to to follow that up, uh, continue uh, watching the news, listen to radio uh, for further reports uh, regarding the situation. But uh, at this point in time, again, uh, there is no further threat. Um, we'll just continue to wait. For details. All right. For Numchuck, TC Martin and Mark Hayes. I appreciate uh, Mark for, for opening the show with, uh, uh for me today and uh, everyone else out there. And again, you can go back and uh, listen to the show, tcmartinshow.com. Check everything else that we have on the website. We'll be back tomorrow at two. Have a great day, everybody.